Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. This is Happiness Solved with America's Happiness Coach, Sandy Scarlatta. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me today. I'm so happy you're here. I'm Sandy Scarlatta. I was born in Virginia Beach and raised in the Baltimore, Annapolis area, and had very humble and tragic beginnings. And as a result, my life was a hot mess. Thankfully, 33 years ago, I got my act together, and since that time, I have dedicated my life to serving others and raising awareness that no matter what you've been through, you can choose happiness and live the life of your dreams. Happiness Solved is dedicated to giving you content that is empowering, motivational, inspirational, and of course, a dose of happiness. It's my way to give back to the world and share other people's stories. This thing called life can be challenging. And my guests share their amazing stories, wisdom, and life lessons that demonstrate anyone can choose happiness. You see, happiness is a choice, and the choice is yours. Today's episode is amazing, and I am so grateful for you. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to leave a review and follow me on social media at Coach Sandy Scarlatta. Enjoy the show. Teresa, good morning. Thank you so much for being here today with me. And how's everything in your world? Good morning. Good morning. And thank you for having me. And my world is doing really good. We're not freezing. There's no snow. There's no ice. We're good. Where are you calling in from? <laughs> Cincinnati, Ohio. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, Cincinnati. Oh, your, your town was, was just in the highlight of the focus of the world and the football world with yes. beloved Damar Hamlin. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And what great examples of kindness came out of that. I've oh. never been so proud to be in a city than I was that day. I mean, just his GoFundMe page alone that he God, created. I know. He wanted $2,500 for this little, you know, it was like a center. Let's get some gifts to the kids. And I think, um, you know, we're recording this a month before it actually will be raised. Right. So, um, I mean, it's over $8 million. Yes. And that I'm, I was, I've yes. just been so proud of how humanity has come together. I was so proud because originally the NFL said, we're going to start playing five minutes and I'm sitting there and I'm watching this and I'm going, no, 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 you, you can't, you cannot for you. These are not, these are human beings here. They're not not these tough football players. They're human beings and we need to treat them as such. And you need to give them time because most football players are carted off and they give a thumbs up and they're like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm okay. This was not the case. Okay. No, no. And I was so proud of the NFL that they recognized 
humanity for what it is and they did the right thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, the Bengals were already on board long before the NFL. They said, we don't want to play either. No, we, we can't. We're worried about him. And I had friends in the stands who said, yeah, we were sitting next to the Buffalo Bill fans. And, you know, a minute ago, we were talking smack and just, you know, kind of being competitive. But right after that happened, oh, gosh, we're so sorry for your player. What what can we do? What are we going to do? We'll help, you know, and they are like hand in hand walking out of the stadium, going to standing outside the hospital. And they held two or three vigils down there. And I'm not talking in one spot because I actually was down, drove down there and they had like the entire hospital surrounded um, with with flowers and warm wishes and we're praying for you and candlelight vigils. It just, it went on and on. And well, I, like I, I see, it was amazing and a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing to see. And I tell you what, that really demonstrates how if people can come together and everybody has that healing kind energy behind mm-hmm. something Yes. You know, call it what you, it's the power of prayer. It's, you know, this isn't a religious thing. This is, this is a humanity thing. Exactly. A thousand percent. And how, you know, now granted, we don't know, maybe it was a medical miracle. Maybe he was never, you know, whatever his, his time, he still has a lot of work to do on this earth. (laughs) Obviously. Obviously. And thank goodness for that, that he's still with us and he's going to be fine. And he was released from the hospital and, um, but it but it really demonstrates the power of the energy that we put behind mm-hmm. our thoughts and what we put out in the world. Miracles can happen. Yes. The energy we put behind our thoughts, between our prayers, when we come together united, how much that really does spread that ripple of kindness, that ripple throughout the community. And it, and it obviously spread across the United States because he has $8 million in his GoFundMe page for those children. And yeah, you can't, that's, you, you can't have a better example. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So you are a motivational speaker, a kindness ambassador, which I love. And we're going to dive into that for loving parents who want to raise kind children. And you say in your bio, today's parents can see how some troubled teens are turning to devastating acts of violence because they see no other way. Consequently, parents want to make sure they are doing everything in their power to raise healthy, happy, and kind children. Yes. What a beautiful mission. Um, I'm right there with you. (laughs) I have a 22-year-old who is a senior in college and it warms, and I did it all by myself. Like I raised him yep. alone. Um, and well, I mean, he had other people. His father was just not present. He, he was able to talk. His father was in prison. Most, most people know my story. And they mm-hmm. know that my, my ex-husband was in prison for seven years. And uh, so he had that support there. But there was many years. There was a few years that went by. He didn't want anything to do with his father. You know, the point is, is that I raised a very compassionate, kind, gentle young man who is showing up in the world in ways that I, I'm just so proud of that. And yet we see so many examples of children who lose their way 
at a very young age. I mean, just a couple of days ago, and I'm not trying to bring people down. I'm just using this as an example. Yes. Um, A six-year-old brought a gun to school and shot his teacher. That's not his fault because a six-year-old has no idea what he's doing with it, with a weapon. He has no idea. Where were his parents? Why wasn't his parents checking his backpack? I mean, it starts in the home and the Mm -hmm. parents have to take responsibility for our children because right now in 2023, the United States is scoring lower on every scale. I mean, 40% of high school students cannot read at a fifth grade level. If you can't read at a fifth grade level, how are you going to be a productive member of society? How are you going to, how do you even know to better yourself? How do you even know to, to look at yourself and say, you know, I can do bigger and better things with my life and, and, and be a contributing member to society and change the way, you know, because right now the United States is on a trajectory that it's, it's really devastating to sit back and watch because we are going downhill faster at a rate that is so fast. Yes. It's so, and no, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. It is and heartbreaking. Why I started this was from another school shooting. And yeah, and I started out speaking to the children. And then during COVID, when you're on, we're all on social media during COVID. This is every, that was everyone's lifeline. And I was appalled by some of these comments that were coming out of, from adults. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh. It's the, we had to start talking to them because their kids see it, your kids. And I don't, I don't want to put a lot of stuff on parents. They're stressed out as it is, but they see what you put on social media. They watch you. They're sitting in the back seat or next to you in the car, watching you when you're in your road rage moment. They watch you how you treat your neighbors. They watch you if they go to the grocery store with you. They watch, they're watching your actions. And the younger they are, the more they're apt to mimic exactly what you're doing. So why not be the CEO and say, okay, look yourself in the mirror. What philosophy, what values do I want my family to have? And as the CEO you filter that down into your family. And that's how it all starts. But it does start with the adults, with the parents. And um, I always try to say, let's work it in and make it as natural as breathing so that it's just automatic. And you start with your little habits of holding the door, please and thank you, those kind of things. And then you build on it. Yeah, for sure. I read something when my son was little because I... um, I was told I would never have children. So I had resigned myself to that. And and then he was my miracle baby. And I was just, I'm so grateful that I was blessed with that. And um, so I, you know, I was in my mid thirties, even though I took care of my little brother growing up, I still didn't remember. I didn't have a, no- a lot of knowledge of how to raise a, a child. I mean, we're not given an instruction manual. So because I'm such a self-help junkie. I was reading a lot. I read some good stuff. I read some stuff that I wish I hadn't read because I remember I read, you want to give them choices. So I would give them choices. Do you want this or do you want that? 
And it seemed like a really great idea at the time, but all I did was create this child who is a a master negotiator. And while that is going to serve him well in life because he's got negotiation skills like nobody's business, it was horrible as a, as a mom, because I became the short order chef. It was like, no, oh, you know, and and like, no, you know, (laughs) but I remember hearing, reading something or hearing something that was, was like, and I'm going to, I don't remember the exact quote. It was brilliant. I'll, I'll paraphrase it as best I can. It was something like, you know, your kid, oh, there's your kitty cat walking across the screen. He is just popping in to remind everybody to be kind to animals, that it's important. There you go. <laughs> and you're going to have to go. Beautiful. But it was something to the effect of your children will be watching you. Even when you don't think they're going to be watching you, they are going to mm-hmm. be watching you. And I remember this always sticks out because it was so simple, but yet a really profound example of how they mimic you. And apparently when I would talk on the phone... I would walk around and I was walking around because as I was having a conversation, I'm picking up stuff, I'm doing the dishes. So I'm just walking around doing things. I wasn't just aimlessly walking around. My, at the time he was probably two years old. He picked up something and pretended it was a phone or maybe he, he probably had like a brush in his hand and he's just walking around talking and just, and he's just walking around pretending he's me talking on the phone. And I thought, Wow. Now, to this day, my son still walks around and talks on the phone. (laughs) I do it too. And I'm sure my kids probably do it. I'll have to watch them now. (laughs) But I did this, you know, I think we all do that, especially when you're a single parent, you're multitasking. I was a single parent as well of two sons. And so, yeah, you're multitasking. You're always doing this and that. But your kids, you've got to remember your children are watching you. They are watching you. They are watching you. So, you mentioned briefly that it was a school shooting. So tell us the backstory of how you got into this and, and how this became your mission. This is really odd. Um, it was back, what was it, 2018, uh, Parkland, Florida. They had that school shooting. And I don't know, you know, by that point, you know, there had been many school shootings be- before that and after that. So I'm not exactly sure uh, what brought that one, but I actually sat down and wrote a letter and I called, entitled it Dear Students. And I just sympathized with them and grieved with them and then thought, there's got to be a way we can make it better. And did you ever think about sitting down at the lunch table with that kid that's always alone? Did you ever think about if somebody drops their books or their pencils, helping them pick them up and then, you know, they're spread all over the hallway and you know, and help them, you know, help that. So that that's kind of how it started. And like I said, I did start talking to the students um, and then realized it's really got to start with the parents. They have to be the CEO. They have to be the example. And they have to, and parents actually have to stop. What do you value? Ask themselves, hey, what do I value? What do I, what philosophy do I want to, my children to carry through their lifetime. And that might, you know, it's going to be a little different for everybody, but do you want kind, compassionate kids and kind, compassionate kids change the world and make it a better place. And um, when I was actually talking and I use my own nieces and nephews quite frequently for questions because they all have younger children. And 
They said, we just want our kids to be happy. And I said, go beyond that. What else do you want? We want, and then, you know, through lengthy conversations, we want them to change the world. We want them to make others happy. We want them, and you do that through kindness and compassion. So that's how this has all evolved and come about. And I started, and I told you I started a new series, or I'm starting a new series this year. I started by telling parents to just make it a habit. And I said, and if it helps with sticky notes, and I actually even came up with a journal to help them write down those their acts of kindness or what they want to do to help them make it that habit, make it as natural as breathing, but just the simple things, holding the door, please. And thank you, because I don't know about you, please. And thank you has seemed to have disappeared (laughs) in a lot of ways. And I just, those are the simple things parents can build through their lives. Easy peasy. Um, How many of you take, how many of your listeners take their kids to the grocery store with them? When you're walking from your car to the door, how many carts do you see in empty parking spaces? Collect the carts. You're already walking. You're not really adding much to, it's not costing you anything. And you're not adding a lot of time to your day. And your kids are watching and get them to help you. And and they'll have fun with it. And have a lot of fun with it. I, I, my kids were older. So I said, okay, whoever gets the most grocery carts at the front and meets me at the door, you get to pick out whatever you want in the grocery store or something like that. Anyway, regardless, they all got something. But you could, that's for older kids because you don't want them to get hit by the car in the parking lot. <laughs> keep that in mind, keep age appropriate. Um, but just those little things, letting someone in front of you in line. Uh, my fav- one of my favorite things I witnessed is the, in, the, again, the grocery store, because we all, I use that a lot because everybody, most people go to the grocery store. You know, those lovely plastic produce bags. We all hate them. No one can get them open. This poor woman had a toddler in her grocery cart crying. Oh, we've all been there. <laughs> we've all been there. And she's just, you know, the, she's, you can tell she's frustrated and she can't get the bag open. And before I could get there, another gentleman had come up, opened it, and handed it back to her. Her face, you'd have thought he handed her a gold bar. Yeah. She was so relieved. You just you have you just see the weight lifted off just by opening a plastic bag. Yeah. It's that's those things. It didn't cost anything and it didn't take a lot of time. So that's when I say making it as natural as breathing. Those are the building blocks because then it just becomes a habit. And I noticed through my own journey, now I'm looking where, where else can I be kind to somebody? And I see so many examples now um, that yeah, it, it is, it's just natural breathing. It becomes a lifestyle. And I want to share that with everyone and the parents, and I'm not trying to add a ton on their plate to stress them out more. You just weave it in to your day. Well, and I also want to, also want to really make a point of no one's making any parent wrong for what they're not doing. You know, everybody has different situations. We all have stuff that's going on in our lives. So please listeners do not make yourself wrong in any way, shape or form. If you're not doing something, because the last thing we want is to put any more guilt 
on parents because we have enough of it, right? We create (laughs) our own, you know, we are our own worst enemies. I actually interviewed somebody last year about mom guilt. Um, And then, and, and, but before that I was asked to write an article about mom guilt and I started researching it and I was like, oh, this is a thing here at that point. My son was 21 years old. I just thought it was me. I just thought there was something wrong and I'm using air quotes wrong with me because I felt so guilty about so many things. It's a real thing. And I was like, oh my gosh, it was like, I went, I went 21 years of this mom guilt, carrying it around, not realizing that I was not alone. Like this is a real thing. So we're not trying to make anybody feel wrong or feel guilty. It's just whatever you've done in the past, accept it, put it behind you. Today's a new day. Today's a Mm -hmm. new day to start making changes. Today's a new day to start implementing new things into your routine, into your, into your mindset. Exactly. Yeah. So I just wanted to make sure that we got, we we made that point. I I don't want anyone to feel guilty. (laughs) And like I said, you know, I don't want to add any stress to anyone either. Of course not. But it does. It starts with us anyway, whether you have children or you don't have children, Mm -hmm. it starts with us. And it, and it starts with us and we can make a difference. Now, you mentioned a couple of times um, before we started recording <laughs> and then and then after it, um, road rage. And I use driving situations a lot as well because we've all been there. We've all been there. You know, somebody cuts you off in traffic. They almost hit you. And your first response is, you, it's emotional, right? Mm-hmm. But you have to remember- a thousand percent of the time, our first reaction is always going to be emotional. It's normal. It's in your DNA. Don't make yourself wrong for it. It's okay. You're human. It's normal. You're going to get upset. It's scary. And we get angry. But then what do we do with it after that? Right? So let me hear your thoughts and then I'll share my thoughts on it. Oh my God. Yeah. Road rage is huge. And it is where I get the most, when I'm talking about kindness, it's where I get the most reaction from people. Um, one of my solutions uh, or self-help ideas is to take sticky notes and put it where your horn is. And then when you go to and put a big word stop, I write stop, wrote stop on mine. And when you go to below, you'll see that. And you're like, oh, wait a minute. And that, that stops your, it stops that emotion. And you're like, okay, deep breath. Um, so start with a sticky note on your horn. Um, if you need to put it elsewhere in your cars, I love sticky notes. You need to put it somewhere else on your car where you see it to help you stop that reaction. That's what you need to do. And one of the things I tell people to do is practice the pause. Now, when you're in that moment, especially with road rage, it's hard to practice the pause. But the sticky notes will help you stop. Deep breath. Go on. And I know it, it, like we were talking about earlier, it's a journey and especially with road rage. And I know a friend of mine was driving the other day and she and somebody actually were waiting for a parking spot and she had her directional on. She was there first and somebody, the person pulls out and goes on. Somebody comes from the other direction and slips right in there, laughing their head off. (laughs) They thought they were the funniest thing ever. And I know. And she, my friend was getting angry. So was I. And then I'm thinking in my head, no, no, no. I'm supposed to be trying to, we're not supposed to be doing this. We're not supposed to be doing this. And we did, thank goodness, we did stop and 
pause and move, went on. But I said in those, in that moment, it's, it is difficult. Now I do have another practice the pause sticky notes. And then I have one of these in my car. And again, the sticky notes help remind you to stop. So you can think to do these fun things, get out your bozo nose. <laughs> and if someone is yelling at you, thinking you did something wrong, hi, <laughs> smile and wave. Change it. Make it humorous. You're going to shock the other driver. They're going to stop that form of rage going through them and realize nine times out of 10, it doesn't work with everybody, but realize, okay, this is kind of silly. The, world, the world's not coming into an end because I think you cut me off. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, all these little humor tricks, which I do love my nose because, uh, and it does work or um, what, but the pastor at my church said, yeah, I wave at him and say, Hey, how's your mom? I pretend that I know them and, and they wave and, and smile and, and it does. And it does that by not reacting to them in the rage way. It, it is a kind of a shock, which is sad, <laughs> a shock to them where they will also stop Yeah, and think, wow. So we, again, that ripple of kindness is going wrong and then they go on their way. And if you use the notes, they're probably still laughing, going, what a wackadoodle. <laughs> well, and you put a smile on someone's face. And you put too. a smile on somebody's face and you stop that road rage. Because mm -hmm. I have seen road rage People get off at an exit ramp, two men jump out of the car. They are fist fighting, rolling on the ground. I mean, it yeah. can escalate. People get pull out a gun. You, you know, road rage is one of those things that just can ex escalate so fast. So if you're using, you can use humor, use your sticky notes. That'll help de-escalate it. Mm, I love those examples. <laughs> so for me, what I always think is that, yeah, you, you've got to deal with that emotion because it's real. Mm -hmm. Yes. And we're going to feel it. You know, it doesn't matter how long you've been on this journey. It doesn't matter. You're going to feel it. Right. right. And for me, what I always do is I work on shifting my perception because you don't know what you don't know. Right. And you don't know what that other person is going through. And, you know, nine times out of 10, they just didn't see you. And it happens. Mm -hmm. We do it all the time where we try, start right. to change lanes and there's someone in our blind spot and we did not see them mm -hmm. and we almost hit them. Right. And it's like, okay, I didn't see them, <clears throat> but you just have to make up another story about the situation. Right. And right. you know, <clears throat> there's, there's many different scenarios that could, that could be going on for that person. Maybe, maybe they're sick and they're trying to get to the hospital. They're trying to get to a bathroom for all we know. Right. Maybe they just got a phone call and their children is in the hospital. One right. of their children is in the hospital, right? By shifting that perception, you're just making up another story because you don't know what happened. And like I said, nine times out of 10, they just didn't see you. People are not going to deliberately try to damage their car and get themselves into a car accident, you know, on purpose. It's always an accident. And for that person that stole your parking lot, parking space, you got to just chalk that up as, yeah. you know what? They obviously needed it more than we did. Right. Just And, you know, and it wouldn't kill me to walk a few extra feet. <laughs> right. Exactly. And it's, you know, for people that do that, okay, it wasn't the best behavior, but, you know, don't let it ruin your day. So, right. yeah. Right. Oh, my gosh. It, you just reminded me. I use one of Wayne Dyer's quotes, which is, if you change the way you look at things, 
the things you look at change. Yeah. So, you know, these ideas with the nose or waving and things like that just has totally changed the whole perceptions for you and the other person. And that's the same thing, even when you're not in a road rage and you, I'm I'm sorry if I'm jumping to another uh, idea for you, but um, sometimes if somebody, if you're just walking and someone just starts yelling and they're really upset about something and they're blaming you and they're on. So you're like, again, you have to practice the pause and this is all part of the journey. Um, you have to just, instead of that reaction that you want, that emotional response is, I didn't do it. What are you talking about? And you start, instead of doing that, let them just deep breath, practice the pause, and then listen to them. Sometimes they just needed people. Somebody just needed to vent. And then when they're done, how can I help you? Kind of twist that around uh, a little bit. And nine times out of 10, they really weren't even mad about what they were yelling about. They were mad at something that happened before they left the house. Right. And it just has built. So that's where you just practice the pause, listen. And then when they're done, say, how can I help you? Yeah. Instead of that emotional reaction, like we were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people, sometimes you just need to get it off your chest. Mm-hmm. Well, and yeah. when I can give another example of something similar, I was at, um, out to brunch and the server came up and she was just out and out surly. She didn't want to be there. They just called me in here and I, they told me to take your order. I'm like, oh, jeez. Oh, okay. I'm <laughs> sorry to bother you I now. Mean, <laughs> can I have some coffee? <laughs> You're just even afraid to place an order. And so I have little kindness quotes. And when I paid the bill, I put that quote in there for her. And as we're walking out the door, we've eaten, everything's gone. We're walking out the door. She's running for me. And she just said, thank you for the note. I needed that. Oh, I hope you have it. I hope you have a nice day. So whatever we knew we weren't the problem, but she was really not nice. <laughs> and, um, so, but yeah, just a kind word, a kind note, changed that whole perception for her. Yeah. Well, because many times it's not about us, but we make it right. about us. Yes. And that's, yes. I think that's the, the underlying thing that, that people need to really consider is that in those situations, we're making it about us and it's not about us, right? We just happen to be standing there when mm-hmm. the other person is venting or, or whatever. They're, they're behaving in a way that doesn't serve anybody, right? Right. And it's not about us. And so in those situations, we need to be conscious of that, that this isn't about me. This is about them. Let them have their space. And I don't need to take that on. I don't need to take on that energy that that they're giving out into the world. It's not about mm-hmm. me, you know. Right. And I'm just here to listen to them, offer them support. And I love that you said that. How can I support mm-hmm. you? Because that's one of the best things you can say to somebody. Mm-hmm. Yes. What can, what can I do for you? How can I support yeah. you? And showing that kindness is mm-hmm. going to. It's like a ripple effect, listeners. For everybody out there, it's a ripple effect. 
And when you, when you're kind to another person, they're going to be kind to another person. And it's just going to keep taking that effect over and over and over. Oh my gosh. And there is scientific evidence to back that up. There is. There is. And if you and I exchange an act of kindness, your serotonin levels go up and so do mine. And serotonin levels are your happy hormones. And so you and I are happy. (laughs) But the fascinating thing for me is anyone watching it, their serotonin levels also go up and they're happy. So this is, you know, you think it's just two people, but it's actually whoever's watching and that ripple really does go. Um, Well, what's really happening, Teresa, in those moments is we're emitting, excuse me, it's the morning and I still have my, uh, yeah, I know. Yes, I smoked five packs of cigarettes yesterday because half the time my voice sounds like that. I'm like, oh. no, it's allergies. Um, but what's happening is it's a real thing. And again, science backs mm-hmm. us up. When we're putting out this positive vibes, those vibrations, it's real. It's a frequency that we're emitting. And my positive frequency is going to touch other people and their frequency is going to raise as well. So what we're doing is we're raising that energetic vibration that everybody has. Yes. Yes. And it's real, people. It's real. Mm-hmm. This is real. not this Very is not real. like, you know, woo-woo stuff here. This is real. Yeah. real. Stanford. Stanford, Harvard, Yale, all of the big universities. I just mentioned those yep. in the United States. There's there's dozens of universities yep. all over the world that is studying the science of energy and how it's real. It's real stuff, and folks. I'm thinking Cedar Sinai's Mayo Clinic. Um, there's a college here in Ohio, Denison University, because I actually the professor reached out to me, did a whole kindness study on what kindness during COVID. Um, there is a Dr. David Hamilton. He's my guru. And he talks about all the health benefits that, you know, we talk about making happy in the serotonin level. He takes it to a whole nother level with, it makes your heart better. It does, uh, it reduces your stress level. Um, So yeah, there's a lot of studies going on and it is, it's real people. (laughs) It's 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 real. real. So Teresa, we're almost out of time. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with the audience before we finish up today? I think a couple hugs. You know, we talk about kindness, hug your kids, hugs, hugs, hugs. Um, And I don't know, and I'm kicking myself because I didn't write down this study, but somebody had said 12 hugs, you grow, is growth for you. If you receive 12 hugs a day, if you receive eight hugs a day, it's maintaining where you're at. And four is survival. Yes. So I just say, hug your kids, just hug, hug, hug them. That's the kindest thing you can do. Mm, I love it. Yes. Yes. Hugs are so critical. And thank you for throwing that out there because that is so important. Mm-hmm. And simple. And it's so simple. It's And hug yourself. Give yourself hug a yourself. big hug yes, too because absolutely. kindness really starts with us. Mm-hmm. And if you can love yourself and be kind to yourself, you're going to be kind to others. So yes. Teresa, thank absolutely. you so much for joining us today. This has been such an amazing conversation And um, I just wish you the continued success and thank you for doing what you're doing. The world needs more people like you. Thank you so much for having me. It was truly my pleasure. Thank you. And thank you everybody for listening today.
I certainly hope that you enjoyed today's interview. Thank you so much for joining me. And as always, I hope that you and your family are healthy and safe and that your lives are filled with peace, joy, and happiness. Take care, everyone. When you love riding a motorcycle, you want to ride it everywhere, even to a physical. Let's check your weight. Hop on the scale. Look at that. You're down a few pounds. Oh, yeah. Must be the new carbon fiber wheels. And when you love saving money, you want to save even more. That's why GEICO makes it easy to bundle your motorcycle and car insurance. I'm going to prescribe 91 octane for your engine knock, and we'll want to see you again in 3,000 miles. Kickstart your savings with GEICO Motorcycle. Bundle and save on the things you love. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.